Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening today for my spotlight interview I'm so excited about. Melissa Meshat is a certified neurolinguist, program master practitioner, and mental emotional release specialist. She possesses a deeper understanding of what's really preventing someone from reaching their goals. With more than 10 years of sales experience, over a hundred million in volume sold in residential real estate, and more than eight years being educated by multiple coaching organizations and mentors, Melissa understands how to build and grow business in any market and how your mindset can control your outcome and results. So excited to have Melissa here today. She is uh, founded Realign Coaching and Consulting to help empower and teach entrepreneurs how to elevate their mindset, accelerate sales, and make the perfect hire in their business so they can scale with ease. I am so honored to have you here today. What a breath of fresh air. You are related to one of my my graduates and my students. Um, You came highly recommended listening to you on different podcasts. You're a force to be reckoned with. Melissa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's my honor to be here with you. And I just thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love strong business women. I mean, honestly, you are, you are like a full example of like doing it, saying what you do and putting it into practice and now sharing it with the world. I'm in awe. You know, if you don't mind, I want to kick this off um, with telling me a little bit about yourself and how you got where you are today. Absolutely. And just, again, grateful to be here. So, so basically I'm from the Los Angeles area. I moved to Las Vegas about a little over 12 and a half years ago. I come from a theater, performing arts background, dance, musical theater. Uh, I was always kind of hustling and working multiple jobs. You don't make a lot of money in theater. I was living in Los Angeles, barely affording anything and really broke. (laughs) So I was always just kind of like, you know, had to have multiple jobs to get by and pay my bills and, and did not realize that I had this like tenacity work ethic. I thought that was just normal because, you know, I was trying to survive. Uh, moved to Las Vegas, got a job dealing cards in a casino while I was auditioning for shows. Again, just kind of a do whatever it takes person to- Cards and casinos, that just rung a bell to me. Ding, ding, ding. Which, what did you, which one did you play? Uh, so I, I was a blackjack dealer oh, in right party pits in downtown Las Vegas. I have some serious stories. If you ever okay. <laughs> Another time. time, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, basically I, at 24 years old, I decided I needed a real job. And so I got my real estate license in 2009 in Las Vegas, which was the bottom of the market. However, I was so used to being broke that a $300 rental was a ton of money to me. And I didn't understand why all these agents were getting out of the business and complaining about a hundred thousand dollar buyer. You know, it's a waste of my time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Thousand dollars? Like that's so much money. So I like to start out by saying perspective is everything. I'm very lucky that I started when I did and came from where I did because I was able to pretty much take on the business. Everybody else didn't want all the crap, you know, they didn't have time on. And I built my business really fast. And again, did not understand that work ethic, tenacity, personality, all these things would, would thrive in a sales business. And I also had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) So coming from theater, coming from, you know, random side jobs, I'd never run a business. I'd never had a corporate job. I'd never had a salary. I didn't even know it was commission only. I thought real estate was like the real career that would give me that stability I was looking for, which is so ironic that, you know, it's commission and sales and you start at zero every day. Right. But anyway, 
So basically, uh, you know, burned out at a very high level because I was working 24 seven. I didn't have any boundaries. I was just go, go, go all the time, kind of sold my soul to the business, had to, you know, became somebody else to be successful. That's what I thought I had to do, which led me to personal development and mindset and different mentors and coaches which really was me searching for an answer. I felt like something was wrong with me. I wasn't good enough. It wasn't working. Why wasn't it working? I knew what I needed to do. I wasn't doing it. And that ultimately, like this was like a six-year journey, ultimately led me to NLP or neuro-linguistic programming. And I went to a training just over a year ago. And it really made me understand that there was nothing wrong with me. I wasn't broken. I was out of alignment. I was in the wrong role and my brain and my unconscious were really running everything. Mm. So I started my coaching consulting business just over a year ago, honestly, within 30 days of that training, uh, I got my master practitioner certification. And now I'm just on this mission to share the message with other real estate agents and entrepreneurs that you're not broken. It's not that something is wrong with you. You're probably just following someone else's rules that may not align with you. <laughs> I feel like girl, you guys, and those listening, you need to megaphone this out to your real estate clients around the yes. nation, seriously, because everything you said is all of what they feel. I know I was a sales executive in the title business for almost 20 years. And honestly, I'm like, oh, I know that person. I know this person. I know that person to refer you to because real estate agents, they need that mentor. They need that voice of somebody who was like, I did your job. I did a hundred million. I know what it's like to be a workaholic, right? Mm -hmm. And not feel fulfilled, right? Yeah. Even if you have a ton of money in the bank and it's falling off trees and you're driving a fat car and you're living the fancy life. Uh -huh. if, if there's that missing piece where your purpose, your I love how you say my alignment's off and I didn't have boundaries. Woo, chills. Yeah. I mean, this is takeaway central. You guys, I hope you're taking notes. Um, my next question for you during this pandemic and shutdown time and era, what was your biggest takeaway? So I would say the biggest takeaway was getting really clear about what I actually wanted. And, and I am so grateful for the space to allow me to figure out what that really was, because I was still go, go, go. And I run a team. I'm, I still run my team and lead my team. I, but it allowed me the space to step out of sales. And I don't think that would have happened if, if the shutdown didn't happen, because it forced us to go home. There was a couple months where it was quiet. There were no deals going on, at least for me and my team. There's a few months it got, you know, exploded after that. But there was a few months where I started doing webinars. I started teaching online. Now, all of a sudden, my network of agents I've been meeting for years across the country could be in my class. I started offering free group coaching every Friday just to help people keep their head in the game and their mind on, you know, keep, keep their mindset strong. And so it allowed me to really see like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. And, and I don't think I don't think I'd be here talking to you right now if that hadn't happened because I would have still been caught up in the whirlwind of, oh, it's just one more deal. I got to take on clients, you know, someday when I'm ready, then I'll, you know, teach and do the things I want to do. But I'm busy right now. I don't have time for that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, I really love that. I feel like that every, anyone listening right now, the ultimate goal I feel in the pandemic was to identify what do you want? 
Yes. And are you living in that space? See, my thing is, why is it that so many people live with their excuses being greater than their want Hmm. rather than their want being greater than their excuses, you know, and the things that they're feeling inside, like what's your reality? I mean, someone came to me recently, a real estate agent said, you know what I discovered in this is that I don't, it's not fun being a buyer's agent. I just want to do listings, listings, like the biggest takeaway, totally restructured the campaign, the marketing, the time, the effort, the energy, and literally set the boundary to go. All buyers are going to be referred with a 25 or 35% referral fee and off they go. And now different person. Yes. That's the alignment piece. That's the alignment piece. piece. I mean, yeah, the reason the re and I want to mention real quick, the reason people get stuck in those excuses is because they don't actually know what they want. Mm -hmm. That like they think they do, they think they know, but they don't. And and I think that was a big aha for me is when you ask somebody, what do you want? Usually they default to the negative because we're human. That's how we're hardwired is to focus on everything they don't want. And most people don't actually know what they want. Right. Fascinating. <laughs> totally fascinating. Literally, we could do a whole thing on that alone because that fascinates me. Um, but moving on to, I want to pick your brain. You know, your messaging is all about increasing sales, right? Having this money mindset, which is awesome. So many drivers, people are driven by money and success and beating themselves each month and having a bigger pay. I always say, you know, people get really um, caught up with like what their colleague is doing or their competitor is doing and look what they're doing. And what did I, does it really matter truly what they're doing if your paycheck's growing? It's always what interests me, right? So I love the money mindset. Give me a little bit of color on how salespeople that are listening right now could have some tactical tips, um, you know, regarding a money mindset. So the first thing is what is your belief and your thoughts and your language around money? This is where the NLP, the mindset, the deeper unconscious stuff comes in, because why do you want more money? Are you clear on that? Is it to prove something? Is it because of ego? Is it because you're trying to be number one? That is usually coming from a place of, you know, something happened when you were younger, someone told you you couldn't do it. And now you have this, this chip on your shoulder to prove to the world that you can be successful. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying get really in touch with why you are chasing this, why you want it. And then also what your unconscious programming is around it. Uh, I'm reading Secrets of the Millionaire Mind right now. And it, it literally a couple pages in, it's all about your unconscious programming around money. Is it, I can't afford it. Is it, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Money is evil. Uh, money is greedy. You know, is it, I have to prove I have money to show I'm worthy. So you got to start there because it's deep. Sometimes it's a little uncomfortable, but if you don't do the inner work and figure out what that is, you have what we call like a financial thermostat. You're going to get stuck where you're comfortable. And if not, you're going to push yourself to make more, but you might spend it all because you're not actually comfortable in receiving it and, and keeping it. So I find that there's two things you either are like in a revolving cycle of debt or I don't have it. I can't, that's where I was. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. Uh, someone wanted, you know, we wanted to go to like a fancy lunch to celebrate, you know, my first year in real estate. And I was like, I can't afford it. They're like, it's $20. I'm like, I know it's not in the budget. I can't afford it. And they're like, you're coming from scarcity and lack. Do you want to attract more of that into your life? And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> 
excuse me, what? I had no idea I even did it. You know, Mm -hmm. then when you start making money, it's like, oh gosh, people now see I'm making money and I'm getting recognition. And this is like super uncomfortable. So then I just started spending it because I was like, oh no, 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 we don't really have that. The business is making it, but that's not what I keep. Like I almost had to, I almost had to prove that no, 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 no. I might've done 375,000 in GCI and that's what I'm getting awards and things on myself. But like, that's not in my pocket. I, I barely kept half of it. So I find that like that is step one in your journey of figuring out your financial uh, thermostat and situation. You know, I love that you said that and you struck something for me. And this is what my hope is, is those that are really intently listening right now. Here's what it struck in me. So I was a workaholic my whole life. I work, 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 work. I want to make as much money because me, I did. I had a broken family. My parents got divorced when I was four months old and I, was, I never felt good enough for my dad. My dad just never loved me the way that I needed him to, honestly. You know, it's, um, it's it, to me, I always say like he was the first person to ever break my heart. When I won the number one award and I was up in front of 500 people or whatever it was and I had to do a speech and I thought this was all I was fighting for, to be number one, to be number one, to be number one. Remember, this is a subconscious. Nobody knows you're doing it to fight for dad, to be like, wow, she's pretty damn cool. I'm up there. It was probably the most emptiest I've ever been. When here I thought it was the ultimate goal was to be in that spot. It was such a beautiful takeaway. And from that really showed me that I had to go to do some personal workshops and went to some counseling because something wasn't adding up. I was never getting to a fulfilled space. I was never getting to the full happy space. And so once I got to do that work to identify that fight was for him, which was so ridiculous, right? Because you can't make someone love you. And just because you got some award, he can care less. The reality was is that it really showed me that really isn't my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal is to find that happiness, the peace, the balance and being present. So anyway, thank you for that. I got to have myself a little moment right here. Yeah, no, that gave me chills because I I think that's the thing is we're chasing the wrong thing and we don't even know it. And that's what I mean. uh, It's exhausting. You're burnt out. You don't get it. And, and I, I can hear it now. That's my specialty. I can hear it in people's language. So when I ask them, what are your goals? And the first thing they say is I want to be number one. I want to be the best. I'm like, Oh, yep. There's, and I was that way too. Like this isn't judgment. This is like, no, that was totally me. I want to be the number one agent and I want to build the biggest team in Las Vegas. And I'm going to show everybody that I'm like the best. And it's like, why? What, what is that for? And it totally was the past experience in my life that I was now trying to prove and, and create and show that I, the world that I'm smart and I'm successful and, you know, that I can do it myself and, and all the things, but yeah, I find that this is, this is how I know where somebody is on their journey is, is what their goals are. It, It shows me kind of where you're at. And I like how you say, like, it's not a bad thing to be a driver. It's not a bad thing to drive a fat car. Just have it for the right reasons, right? You know, and have it because you really love and enjoy it. Not that you're trying to prove something because the proving is exhausting. You guys, I got to tell you, it just really is. And when you have it because you love it and you enjoy it and you earned it, it feels it's a totally different fulfilled feeling, you know, you know, you have listened to you on other podcasts that you've done. You talk about alignment a lot Mm -hmm. and you know, you're unconscious and, and how that runs the show. Give me a tip about alignment. So let's say right now, somebody's listening, Melissa, and they're like, I feel like I'm out of alignment. How do we get back in our bodies to create that alignment? Like get back on the, I always say, it's like, you're riding a bike in this journey and you kind of fell off, right? The embankment. Mm -hmm. How do you get back on? 
Okay, so I want, if I have a moment, I just want to give the definition of what I think alignment is and what, it, what I've found. And basically, I just want to share, you have a conscious and an unconscious mind. Your conscious mind is where you set goals. That's the, I want to be the number one. I'm going to make X amount of money. I'm going to do this many deals. That's all conscious decisions. Unconscious, underneath the surface, that's where your doubts, fears, programming from when you were little, all of that stuff that you've just accumulated over the years that are like literally conditioned into you. That is where your limiting beliefs, self-talk, all those things come from your unconscious. So they say that your conscious is the goal setter. That's where you set goals. It's a conscious decision, goals for 2021, whatever it may be, conscious. Your unconscious is the goal getter. That determines whether you take action or not. So when I learned this, I was like, holy crap, because if you are in alignment, what you say you're going to do and what you do actually line up, your conscious and your unconscious are in alignment. If you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, you beat yourself up. Oh, I must be lazy. I need more discipline. I need more accountability. All the things we hear entrepreneurs and real estate agents and sales executives say, oh, I just need more accountability. Oh, I just need more force to do it. No, actually something is unconsciously beneath the surface preventing you from taking action. So when you're not in alignment, it's because there's something unconsciously, a fear, a belief, a doubt, whatever it is, that's holding you back. So that's kind of my aha brain dump of like, holy crap, that's what that is. Like, I thought I was just lazy and not motivated and my why wasn't big enough and not disciplined and negative, right? Like negative beating myself up must not be good enough because I'm not making my 20 contacts consistently every day. I'm slacking because I only did 17 or I did four days instead of five days. All those things that we, we encounter when in reality, I was not in alignment with who I truly was, who I truly am. And to me, my big thing is when you're in alignment, you don't need accountability because you're inspired to take action. No, oh, that just gave me chills. Wow. Okay. And love that so much. That is like a uh, note, note, yeah. writing that down. Love That's that so good. much. Oh my word. <laughs> Um, you talk about procrastination and what, um, you and I, we spoke about, and I got to say, I did a podcast called procrastination city. And I named it that because it's a city most live in, you know, <laughs> and it runs deep in sales that I know for sure. I want to hear some tips that you have about overcoming procrastination. Love it. So I have three things I think that cause it because it is kind of like a stuck, what I call like a stuck state. You just kind of get in that like funky stuck city, I guess. It's like a place, right? I love it. Uh, so the first thing is asking yourself some questions. It's self-awareness. So the first one, if you're procrastinating is uh, what are you avoiding? Like, just call it out. What are you avoiding? Is it the answer is sometimes when we stop long enough to just ask ourselves these questions, the answer will pop up and it might surprise you. So what are you avoiding? The second thing is what are you overcomplicating? Like you're making it some way bigger, harder thing that's just like, oh gosh, you know, I don't have five hours to spend on that. So like, I just am not going to get started. And then the third is, are you clear about what you want? So I find that most procrastination is a lack of clarity. 
and you're focused on the negative and all the things you don't want. And I don't want this and it's going to take me forever and blah, blah, blah. So, so I would ask yourself those three things and that way you can identify which one is it. So for example, uh, if I, if I have a second uh, to, I know I have so much information, I feel like I, I want to share with you, we could talk all day, uh, but, but a quick one is lead generation. Cause that's very much sales. That's the business we're in is lead generation, getting on the phones, whatever it may be. So if you're avoiding or you're procrastinating to make those calls, sometimes I find if you say, what am I avoiding? For me, I got to a point where I knew picking up the phone worked. But I was so overwhelmed and I was so tapped out and I was so already like working 24 seven that more business actually was causing extreme chaos in my life because I didn't have the right leverage. I didn't have the right support system. So to me, I would avoid subconsciously, I would avoid picking up the phone when I already felt like I was at capacity, which is why I rode the roller coaster of real estate. Like that business would close or things would calm down. I was like, Oh crap, I got to get back on the phones because I got to build it up again. So I would, I would be super motivated to get on the phones when business was slow. The moment business got crazy, I was like, "Eh, I have so much to do. I don't really have time for this, but I didn't understand that wasn't a lack of motivation or discipline. That was, I was mentally tapped out and I, I didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't have the right people around me to help push through that. How, how could, what would advice do you have for yourself in that moment right now? You're, you know, and how you would push through what's a push through advice. Cause people do that when they're super busy. They're not motivated to do what it takes to keep the pipeline full all year. Yep. So the answer is leverage. Mm. Yep. You're missing a, you're missing a person clapping or you're missing the right person. I I had leverage. It wasn't the right leverage. I thought hiring someone, I would double my business overnight. It would be a slam dunk and so easy. No, that didn't happen. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I learned all that the hard way as well. And you know, when you're desperate and you're drowning, trying to find someone is also equally overwhelming and supposed to. So that's actually the first thing like group program I'm putting together is how to hire your ideal admin and make it an easy process for drowning real estate agents and entrepreneurs who have no idea how to hire somebody. You know what? I I get asked all the time because I was successful in sales. Like, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? And honest to God, it was, it is my team. It is my leverage. It is the, the uh, delegating to the right person, hiring the right people. Did I always hire the right people? No, I did not. (laughs) Did I learn from my mistakes? Yes, I did. (laughs) You know, big takeaways come from that. But honest to God, it's the funniest thing when I hear somebody talking, they're like, I keep hitting 2 million every year, 2 million, 2 million. This is entitled, right? Premiums. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just want to get to 3 million. I can't seem to get there. I leverage. Like that's, that's the word of the month. Everyone write that down. Leverage yeah. it goes for title people and resident, you know, sales, everybody, everybody, anybody in sales, honest to God. I love those questions. I hope you guys wrote them down. They're amazing. Great job um, on that, Melissa, because I feel like when you ask yourself questions and you're truly honest with your answers just starts opening these doors. So that was so brilliant. You know, you've had tremendous success in real estate. How how did you deal with no's, right? Not interested. Don't have time. We're not selling. We're, you know, you got the blow off thing and and it hurts momentum in title sales. It really hurts momentum, you know, and it hurts their, their energy level and their confidence level. How, How did you get over it? 
So, so two things on that. First thing, I have a belief that every no gets me one step closer to a yes. So to me, it was part of the numbers game. I knew my numbers and it, and the second thing is don't take it personally. Like a no is not personal. That's like, to me, I come from a theater and dance background. I would audition. My life growing up was auditioning and getting cut, you know? So rejection to me is not somebody over the phone or, you know, hanging up on me. I never took that personally. That to me was like, all right, whatever, hit my contact. Let's move on to the next. So I think that that mindset around it really, really helped me succeed because yeah, I was completely freaked out, not picking up the phone. I will never forget the first day I like made calls. I stared at the phone for four hours and my broker at the time finally came over and literally yelled at me like, pick up the phone, you know? And I was like, yeah. So, so I've been there where I was scared out of my mind, but really what that was, was, was not knowing what to say and not being confident in what I was doing. I wasn't scared of someone hanging up on me. I was scared of feeling dumb. <laughs> right. Messaging you know? is the core, you know, yeah. your value proposition, your messaging, the benefit you're calling about why somebody would gravitate to you. You know, why would you disrupt their mindset of like never even thinking to sell to wanting to get comps in the area? You know, what was that click or whatnot? And I think that's what happens with title salespeople too, is that it's their messaging and their confidence in the tool or the product they're calling about that they feel they need to be this perfect specialist on whatever their topic is. When my thing is really about feeling comfortable enough to make the call and being able to be okay with saying, you know what, I'm not sure exactly what their pricing is as of today. Let me give you a call right back within, you know, the next 15 minutes and I'm going to go check or whatnot, like to be able to work through that. And that the other thing I always say, prospecting is a practice. You know, it's like, if you're a golfer, you go and swing golf balls all day for hours, but the game day is when you really get out on the course and you're competing and whatever. I always say the one-on-one or the listing presentation game day, you know, that's when you bring the heat. And if you make a mistake, who cares? In every mistake, there's a lesson, as long as you're willing to grab it out and let it back in. hundred percent agree with all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's true. I mean, it's, it, this is what scares people. And I love how you say, you know what? I don't take it personally. So many people do. And it's, it's a mindset thing. They take it personally. They think they're not good enough and starts trigger the, you know, the whole where you're not consciously aware and it feeds into that piece. You know, it's like, how do we do it? You did say something that was really magical. And the magical piece was that's part of how we get to the yes. There is a no component, right? There's a bag of no's we have to get to get to the bag of yeses. It's almost like this Ninja Warriors. You ever seen that on TV? They go through all these obstacles to get to that victory line. Well, no is an obstacle. I always Mm -hmm. say like it's, it means truly new opportunity. Um, And remember every no means not now, right? Maybe not now doesn't mean it doesn't mean tomorrow or later in the week or next week or two months or whatever. It's just, to me, you know, no's are part of the strengthening piece. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing. I heard someone explain this to me early on at a seminar, wherever I was a coaching thing. And it made so much sense. Like buying a house is the biggest transaction, the biggest financial thing that somebody could do. Do you really believe that every single person you meet today or talk to, or everyone, you know, is buying or selling a home every single day of their life? Like 
Like that's not even realistic. No. And if it's right. title and, and you're expecting a real estate agent to use you for your services, do you think they open an escrow every single day? Do you think that sometimes in negotiations, someone is, is a little more dominant on who they need to use? Do you think like, to me, when I kind of looked, step back and got out of my own, like, you know, self-doubt and all those ugly feelings and looked at the bigger picture, it's like, there's, you know, 2 million people in Las Vegas. There's about 30,000, let's just say rough, you know, the number's probably better than me, the 30,000 ish sales a year, which is 60,000 opportunities. And, and I just have to go find those 60,000 people, or I only want 50 of them or a hundred of them or 20 of them. Like you think 2 million people are going to say yes to you. Like, to me, that's almost comical. Like I don't, I almost don't get it when someone gets offended by a hang up or a no, because I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, are you buying or selling today? And they're like, no, I'm like, right. My point exactly. <laughs> right. Cause you're a part of the 59,980. I get it. Okay. Bye. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. All right. Let's move on. So I, brilliant the next I literally have to filter through 2 million people. Let's keep going. So that was kind of my attitude. I love it. You have to incorporate that in your coaching with your people. You have to say that story every single time because that was amazing. Thank you. Okay. It I was totally amazing. That. You guys put that on repeat, play that in front of your clients, write that thing down and say it on your classes because that was nugget. Nugget got dropped. Um, <laughs> I know you, you, you know, we're, we got to go on time and, and you've been so gracious with your guidance and ideas and, and tips today have been amazing. I know you talk a lot about taking action. And to me, it's a big part of my messaging too, as a coach, Melissa, I talk about execute, just do it. Let's go. Let's rock. Like give it a whirl, take massive action. Like you have a whole little, you know, kind of game plan and mindset around taking action. Can you give us sprinkle a little of that with us today? Yes. So it, it falls into procrastination too. This can help you. It's my favorite four questions uh, that to me help with overwhelm, anxiety, not taking action, feeling stuck, you name it, just bookmark these four and put them up somewhere. So number one is it's kind of similar to the procrastination questions, but number one is what is causing me to feel this way? If you're not taking action, ask yourself, what is causing me to feel this way? The second is what outcome am I avoiding? I shared with you the lead gen. For me, what outcome I was avoiding was more business. And that might sound weird because you're like, but I want more business. But you're like, but do I? Because I'm freaking out right now. And I'm already, you know, can't handle anymore. Hashtag Number leverage. Exactly. <laughs> Number, <laughs> many things. Number three is where you, you switch your brain to focus on the positive. So number three is what do you want? What do you actually want? And then number four is what is the first step to make it happen? And I've coached people on group calls. I've taken people through this exercise where they start out saying, I'm just putting off building my new website. I'm just putting off, you know, lead gen. And, and we ask these questions. And then the, the answer is actually, I'm actually just not clear on what I really want, or I'm afraid that it's going to work and I can't handle it. You can do something when you know what the real reason is. And I think for me, that's why I'm such like a, let's get out of your own way. Let's get back into action. Let's go do it. But I first want to figure out what is unconsciously blocking you. And that's the difference. Most coaches will just be like, suck it up and do it. I'll, I'll punish you if you don't do it. Right. I've had thousand dollar checks on the line. I've had hundred dollars a day on the line. Like you name it. I've been there. 
But what I wish someone had done was ask me these questions so I could have figured out the real, the real reason that was preventing me from doing what I said. And I feel like the answers would have been so different than more accountability, more pressure, more feeling like crap every single day. 100%. I absolutely love that. There's a great book out there called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm -hmm. It's an excellent book. And her whole thing is about four questions. That's Ah. what I wondered if you were, you know, inspired by her because she, and they're different questions, but there's, there's something so freeing about her messaging and her practice. And I was so grateful to listen to that book because now as I work, live a mommy, all these parts and pieces of me, I get to stop and ask myself some questions. And now I wrote down everything you said. So <laughs> thank you. Because now I have more questions into my, you know, book of life over here, which are so helpful. That's such an impactful tactic. I love that so much. Great nuggets. You dropped them all today. Thank you, honey, so much for that. I appreciate it. And to sum up, before we let you go, in business or in life or both, you surprise us. What do you know for sure? Uh, I know for sure that life is too short to be miserable. And I also know that the only thing you can control is yourself. 100%. Oh my God, I swear. I feel like (laughs) you would just have such a lot. I'm sorry you'd have just my clap here today but you have a, a nation that's clapping behind you. You are a beautiful soul with nuggets. No reason, no wonder you got pulled out of a successful real estate business to follow your calling because you have one. And thank you for sharing it with us today, Melissa. We're honored to have you um, a part of the, you know, the elite club, my podcast, the spotlight, all the things that you're a part of with me. Um, looking forward to a relationship with you and building and referring you people because girl, you are a force to be reckoned with. Thank you so much. Honestly, that means the world to me. You bet. You bet. I love that you found your calling. That is the click. That's so cool. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa.